0: How do we evangelize a sexually broken world? Well, I would like to point to the greatest evangelist who ever lived, Jesus himself. How did he evangelize those who were sexually broken? Guess what? We're all sexually broken. Let's look at the story of Jesus with the woman at the well. This woman comes to this well, why? Because she's thirsty. But Jesus uses her physical thirst to point out to her, her much deeper spiritual thirst. She comes to this well because she's thirsty. Now, if we know some of the Old Testament background here, Jacob's well was a place where several marriage proposals took place. So John the evangelist in his gospel is setting up this picture for us to help us realize that what is about to happen a marriage proposal. It is Christ the bridegroom she encounters at the well. So Jesus says to her, first give me a drink. Before we are thirsting for God, God is thirsting for us. This is love, not that we first love God, but that He first loved us. Christ comes into the world thirsting for our love. So he says to the woman, give me a drink. And then a little bit later, he wants to point out to this woman where she is taking her deeper thirst. And so he says, go get your husband. Well, I don't have a husband, she says. Jesus says, I know. In fact, you've been married five times in the past and the guy you're with now, number six, you're not married to. Does Jesus condemn this woman? No, he understands this woman. He understands that this is a woman who has been looking for love. Remember all the the old country song, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. This woman had been with six men. Six is the imperfect biblical number. What's the perfect biblical number? Seven. Who is this woman's seventh lover? It's Jesus. Look how tender Jesus is with this woman. He does not condemn her, but rather, he points to her thirst, he points to her desire, he demonstrates to her where she has been taking her thirst to false loves, to counterfeit lovers, if you will, And he says to her, if you knew the gift that I wanted to give you, if you knew the gift that I wanted to give you, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you a water that if you drink it, you would never thirst again. Whoa, whoa, time out, time out. Now we've heard this biblical story so many times in our lives that probably... Those words just go in one ear and out the other. A timeout. Is there such a thing as a water that if we drink it, we will never thirst again? Is that for real? If this is for real, I want in. If this is for real, let me at it because I'm, I'm a hungry guy and I'm a thirsty guy. I know that ache, I know that longing, I'm looking for something and I've taken my desire here, I've taken my desire there. I've taken my yearning to all kinds of imperfect loves. It's called, if we're going to go right along with what this passage is all about, it's called false worship. Why? We all worship something. We worship whatever we think will satisfy that thirst. That's what we worship. Jesus is inviting this woman at the well into true worship. He's inviting her to redirect her desire according to God's design, so she can enter her destiny of eternal union with Christ, the bridegroom. How do we evangelize a sexually broken world? First, just as Jesus did, we have to affirm people's thirst. We have to affirm that every human being is looking for love. What is sin? Sin, when we look at the the deep roots of the meaning of the word sin, we have to go back to the fact that it's an archer's term. And it means to miss the mark. Now some people will say, "Well, well that kind of makes sin seem not as bad as it really is. To which I want to respond, time out. If the mark we're missing is heaven? And if we're missing that mark, that's pretty darn serious. It doesn't water down the seriousness of sin, it gives us a proper perspective of what sin is. When we sin, believe it or not, we're actually looking for something good, but we miss the mark. Our aim is off. Christ affirms this woman's thirst. He doesn't tell her her desire is bad. He doesn't condemn her for having desires. He doesn't tell her to squelch it. He redirects it. In other words, He helps her to adjust her aim. So that she can aim her thirst at living water. He points out to her the dead water, if you will, where she's been taking her thirst and invites her to living water. Lord, you know everything about us, just as you know everything about that woman at the well. You know all the ways we've been looking for love in all the wrong places and in too many faces. You know all about our false worship where we take our desire for you to things that are less than you and we expect them to do what only you can do, which is fulfill that thirst. Forgive us, Lord, for all the false worship in our lives. Thank you for affirming our thirst. Thank you for affirming our desire. Thank you for affirming our yearning for love redirect all of our desires according to your design so we can reach our destiny of infinite union with you. Help us to become true worshipers and help us to run into town just like that woman at the well and tell everyone we know that we have found living water. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.